At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thank you for giving it a listen. We have Jim Miller on the show to talk about some things going on at ESPN, big Washington Post feature on Adam Schefter. We get into that. We discuss the Big Ten looking for a new television deal and what's going to happen with that. We also get into Matthew Berry leaving ESPN. And then we talk about uh, the passing of Tony Sirico from The Sopranos. Talk a little bit about Emmy nominations as well. And then Sal Akata joins me following Jim Miller for the Train of Thought segment. We, we, I give you uh, my thoughts on the Derek Jeter upcoming ESPN documentary, which I've seen five of the seven episodes. Talked about the Zach Wilson, um, what should we call it? Zach Wilson scandal that's going on in New York. And uh, we also do some uh, Sopranos memories as well with Sal in the train of thought segment before we get to it very quickly last week brian windhorse from espn was on the si media podcast two weeks ago aaron andrews three weeks ago scott van pelt four weeks ago biz nasty if you missed any of those go into the archives give them a listen subscribe to the pod rate and review if you review i'll read it in the train of thought segment which we do uh on this episode so stick around with uh sal and train of thoughts where we we read some apple reviews all right jim miller followed by train of thoughts right here on the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now, SI Media Podcast regular and uh, man who knows all about HBO and The Sopranos, so with the passing of Tony Sirico, perfect week to have him on. We'll get into some sports media things, and he is author, Origins podcast host, writer, Jim Miller. Jim, how are you? Good. How you doing, man? Doing well. I know you also just did something with Succession as well. What, what did you do there? You ranked the episodes... Yeah, I did it for uh, Puck, the new the Hollywood newsletter. I just ranked okay. uh, episode. They did twenty nine episodes of three seasons of Succession, so it's kind of like a uh, Mission Impossible in the sense that it's such a solid show. So you, by definition, there has to be a twenty ninth and a twenty eighth. But I was glad to see this show was so successful with the Emmy nominations today. We'll it's, get into um, the uh, Emmy nominations. Where can people find that? You said that's on Puck. Yep. And then um, where do we stand with the origins? I'm working on three new chapters and uh, 
they'll, you know, hopefully be out this year. Okay. You can't tell us the topics yet? No, I'm not allowed. Okay. That's okay. I hope um, fun. We'll, we'll do a lot of TV stuff in the back end. Let me just get to a couple of things in, in the sports media world. Um, we're taping this on Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday morning, the Washington Post dropped a big feature story written by Ben Strauss, who's very good, of the Washington Post uh, on Adam Schefter. And I want to get your take on it because when I read it, and this is just my own opinion. So if ESPN PR is listening, please don't text me and, and tell me I'm, you know, not, uh, this is my opinion. It came across to me where like ESPN and Schefter, and I don't know in tandem, I'm not saying it was plotted out, but I got the vibe. They thought, okay, let's do this big Washington Post cover story to sort of rehabilitate the image that's taken a hit over the last several months with some controversies along the way. And, you know, let's try to get some good press out there and, and you know, turn things around. And the article did the complete opposite as far as I'm concerned and from the reaction I've seen on Twitter. And we'll get to some specifics in it. But what was your overall take on it? I mean, look, I think Adam, even before some of his difficulties last year, has been in a difficult position because there are people both inside ESPN and outside that are jealous of his access and jealous of his salary. And, you know, ESPN on-air talent is not a level playing field. It never has been um, right from the beginning. And so I think that when you're as successful as Adam and even Woj, I think, you know, there's, there's particularly on Twitter, you can find anybody to trash anybody else. Um, with regard to what Ben did, look, I think Ben did a great job in terms of hitting all the buttons that you need to, but you know, that you need to push when you're going to profile Adam Schefter. I mean, there is 360 degrees that talks about his access, his relationships, whether it's too cozy, you know, the salary, the resentment inside. You know, I think ESPN PR does a pretty good job of keeping a lot of the resentment inside toward Adam uh, quiet. You know, there. Let's let's not forget that several years ago. Uh, cats and dogs are sleeping with each other there. And, you know, you could get anybody to say anything about anybody, you know, for a while there. And they've kind of kept that kind of quiet. So, um, but to your point, I think it does remind people of some of the controversies last year um, and some of the discord that, uh, particularly on the editorial side, people at ESPN feel towards Adam. But at the same time, I think Adam was very frank about the fact that he's learned some stuff from it. You know, he didn't come off to me as being hubristic or uh, narcissistic. Um, he, you know, look, sometimes I don't have to be first. I, I think he says that, although I, it's very hard for his constitution to mean it. Right. <laughs> I right. mean, when I Absolutely. saw that quote, I thought like, no, 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 no. But right. nevertheless, I thought it was, I thought it was a pretty good job. It's definitely worth reading. It's definitely worth reading. I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like maybe there's just a disconnect there. Between some of the things he's, there's just things I think he'd be better off just not saying and not putting out in public. Now, you can go two ways with that. You could say, okay, well, he's being honest, but like, I don't think it helps him to put it out there that he spends $16,000 a year in chocolate as gifts for sources and then, you know, writes it off on his taxes. Like, that's not gonna 
make the NFL fan feel good about you. It's just like a, you know, like I would keep that one to yourself, you know? Um, well, except that, you know, here, I'll play devil's advocate. Yeah, go ahead. Because for the NFL fan, I mean, I think it's kind of worth the proverbial peek behind the curtain as to like, how the hell does this guy get this unusual access and what is involved with that? And so I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not endorsing it and I probably wouldn't do it if I were his, in his position, but I think he's basically saying, listen, if you want to be, if you want to have the access that I have and you want to be the first call or the first text that anybody gives, look, this is some of the shit that you got to do. And right. it sometimes it's, you know, utterly profound in terms of like having sources and, and, and figuring it out or, or making sure that you put, you know, one and one together before anybody else does. But sometimes it can be as banal as sending chocolates and letting people know that you're thinking about them. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are lots of people in Washington who cover the white house or Capitol Hill or whatever, and they may have certain covenants that they have to follow in terms of their news organizations, but don't tell me for a moment that they're not, you know, making nice, nice with their sources. It's just, it's just the way the world works. Yeah. I mean, the other theme is, you know, Schefter clearly wants everyone to know how hard he works and he's, he's basically working 24 seven, you know, and there's a little anecdote in there about, ESPN had asked Chris Mortensen to do a Sports Center hit, or maybe it was on NFL Live or one of their NFL another show, to do a live hit when some news broke on Christmas Day, and Mort said no, and you know Schefter says yes, and it's like, okay, but you're making nine million dollars a year. I'm not, the fans are not going to pat you on the back because you're working hard, you know. And he seems to really more than, I mean, you mentioned about you know he wants to be first on the scoops and all this. He seems like from that article, he really wants the credit for working hard, but you make 9 million. So I'm not sure you're going to get people just, you know, bowing down to how hard you work to tell me that, you know, there was an NFL trade. No, it's true. <laughs> On the other hand, ESPN pays him 9 million because they know that even if it's Christmas morning, he's going to come through for them. Right. Like if there's like, you know, I mean, look, I'm not defending the guy. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. I, hear I, I don't think any of us, I, I certainly feel this way about Woj and it's true with Adam. Like, I don't think any of us can really imagine what it's like to be in one of those two roles. It is, it's ridiculous. Don't, you can't take your dog for a walk without bringing right. one of your two phones. You can't do anything. I mean, it's unrelenting. Uh, and uh, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, they're underpaid at 9 million, but it is, uh, if he from time to time talks about how hard he works, it's only because, you know, I, I mean, I, th I think he wants to convey the fact that this is, a nonstop 24 seven operation, but you're right. Nobody should feel sorry for him. Yeah. I, I need to thank you because you're giving me a natural way to plug last week's SI media podcast in case anybody missed it. I had Brian Windhorst on and I asked him the very last question of the podcast. I asked him if he feels competitive with Woj and Shams. And he's like, I would never want to do what they do just in terms of they're on call 24 seven. So you just made that point as well yeah, with, with Schefter. Saying. Um, let me move on to um, another piece of ESPN business. I was shocked on Monday when the news came down that Matthew Berry was leaving ESPN. You hear the name, you hear the words fantasy football. The first person you think of is Matthew Berry, built just a massive career out of fantasy football with ESPN. And even when someone's at a place for a long time, 
you know, you you can never be surprised if they want to move on, try something different. I was I was shocked the announcement came down Monday that he was leaving. And then on Tuesday, Andrew Marshan in the New York Post, I was even more shocked, reported that NBC was the favorite to get Barry. I had assumed after the news broke on Monday it would be DraftKings or FanDuel because they both are in the fantasy business and seem to have empty pockets or unlimited pockets, deep pockets, whatever the expression is that I'm messing up. So I was doubly shocked to see NBC. What did you think? What do you think of the whole Matthew Berry saga? I mean, look, let's let's talk about it. I think maybe there's three headlines. First of all, Matthew has been incredibly successful at ESPN. Um, as you pointed out, I mean, he's inextricably linked with the label of fantasy football. Absolutely. He to depths that they would have never done in part because he's really good at it in part because he's also entrepreneurial. So he's constantly thinking of different models and different things. Um, and let's point out also while we're, while we're talking about Matthew and fantasy itself, fantasy, uh, fantasy is hard, man, because first of all, it's, you've got to do a lot of research. So like we were just talking about Woj or Adam, I mean, yeah, if a call comes in and the Packers say we are going to sign, you know, Aaron Rodgers for another, you know, it's two years, it's 37, whatever it is. Okay, there it is. That's that moment in time. When Matthew has to do like his 100 facts or he's getting ready for fantasy season, it is, I mean, there's an army of information. And not only that, but you have little margin for error with your constituency because people are trusting you. And if you start to, kind of like suggest somebody or you're picking somebody or you're saying something about something, you know, there are all, there's a lot of people out there who might be stuck with that choice for a year and they're going to be cursing you every weekend. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot different than, you know, a bunch of people talking on Monday night football about who they think is going to win the game. So it's a really high bar. I, I know that um, I've heard it from two sources that ESPN, not surprisingly really tried to keep them. Um, and I think that eventually Matthew's going to talk for himself about why he decided to leave, but he's never been somebody who has made decisions just based on dollars. He's had offers throughout his time at ESPN and, you know, everything that he's kind of done there, including he's got a really successful podcast too. I -hmm. mean, you know, it's not like he's taken a lot of swings and misses, And and so I think that, you know, whether it's NBC or whether it's, um, you know, somebody else, I I think he's probably um, trying to couch this in a way that's better for him at this stage of his career. So do do you think it was more he was unhappy at ESPN or more about he wanted a change? I look, if I had to get I have not spoken to him since the announcement. I just in full disclosure. But, you know, I actually think that um, it's because he wants a change. Mm-hmm. I, I think ESPN has shown itself with Matthew. Now, were there a couple things through the years that Matthew wanted to do that Matthew didn't get to do? Absolutely. But he stayed, you know, and there were things in a previous contract. I, I mean, like he was, you know, he understands that. He's a practicing adult. I mean, he knows mm-hmm. that he's not going to win or get everything he wants. But I think that by and large, ESPN certainly appreciated him and his life there was 
far from miserable. Uh, and you can tell that because he was there for 15 years. Right. Um, so I think, it, you know, maybe he's frustrated with certain things there. But I think it's, if I had to guess, I think it's more about new horizons and new platforms. Well, and, you know, I think that's that's going to be uh, whoever he, wherever he goes, I think he's going to bring a lot of value. That's why I was stunned when Martian reported NBC. Now, in the Martian article, he points out, you know, NBC has Peacock now and everyone is all about beefing up their streaming services. So it makes sense from that standpoint. I was just fully expecting, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars to come in and, and su- sweep up Matthew Berry. Yeah, it's not. I mean, that would have been a natural. I do think um, it's interesting to look at those companies and to see what their financial health is and what kind of money they're willing to spend on talent um, moving forward. You know, I, I'm not sure that all three of them are going to be surviving three or four or five years from now. And when you're talking to talent, that is going to be an expensive, expensive price ticket and they want a multi-year contract. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I mean, look, maybe tomorrow Marshan will report that FanDuel offered him $700 million over three years. I could be wrong. But um, my only point is it, 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 it is a significant deal. Speaking of significant deals and big money, the last time you were on this podcast, I believe you had told us that there were negotiations for maybe Joe Buck going to ESPN for a, a Big Ten game going to Fox, which ended up happening and was true. The Big Ten now is the hot commodity in the, in the sports broadcasting landscape. Negotiations are going on right now. Um, I think it's probably, I mean, it's confusing for me, and, and I follow this stuff for the average fan. It must be really confusing because you have the Big Ten network, and ESPN has a deal with the Big Ten, and Fox has a deal with the Big Ten, but there's still negotiations for, with the Big Ten. Where do we stand with everything? Do you know? And can you shed any light on wh- how you think things will play out, what we should expect, what's going on with the Big Ten college football rights? I mean, listen, first, thanks to uh, USC and UCLA. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's not your parents, uh, Big Ten. <laughs> and it just shows. I mean, a couple of years ago, I did a three-part series for the New York Times with Steve Eater and Sandemir about the money in college football. And it really is. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, and those were two pivotal moves that helped beef up the Big Ten standing. The confusion that you're alluding to, look, you know, people have slices of these things and different kinds of arrangements. And you always knew, I mean, like with the NFL deal, NHL deal, I mean, sometimes it's going to be split. But the truth is that it's enormously complicated when you start to talk about how things are going to be divided. You can't just say, oh, by the way, we'll take, you know, so many games and you'll take so many games if it's a two-way split. The intricacies of, I mean, what Howard Katz does at the NFL and what those NFL contract, TV contracts are, like how many NFL East games you get, how many, I mean, uh, you know, how many games at the Super Bowl champion or whatever. That happens too at the college level. And this Big Ten deal is going to be a massive one. I think it's going to be a long-term one. And so right now uh, it's all about triage and, and what you're going to get guaranteed is your slice of the pie. And then ultimately how much you're going to pay for it. But um, they are, they are guaranteed. We've been thinking about the big 10 deal for years now. And uh, the truth is they're, they're guaranteed a, a 
a really nice return. Are CBS and NBC, are they players in this? You know, at some point, um, I think everybody was in. And then as the numbers started to go up and up and up, or, you know, people start to look at what's available, you know, because you kind of know if ESPN and Fox have equity stakes or a part of the Big Ten, so to speak, there are certain things that they're just going to get that you're not going to get if you're NBC or CBS. And then at that point, at what point do you say, look, if that's all that's left over, I, I can't, you know, I can't be spending that money. Because right. um, CBS, obviously, they're losing the SEC to ESPN. Would CBS be out of the college football business or they'll stay in it and maybe get a piece of, I don't know, what are the, one of these other conferences? I mean, I know they have CBS Sports Network with the Mountain West, but what, what do you think happens with I mean, CBS? Look, they're and desperately football? trying to stay relevant and try mm -hmm. and have meaningful inventory. The problem is that the stuff going on and it's big stuff going on at the parent company, you know, the valuation of Paramount, I mean, you know, I don't know if Tony Romo's deal would have been done now. I don't know if, I mean, we're talking about a significant decrease in the market cap. And so, uh, you know, I think that management at Paramount has a lot more things to worry about than whether or not CBS Sports is going to, you know, have the kind of inventory that they have, uh, that they used to have in college football. I mean, that is an absolutely wild statement by you that you don't know if the Romo deal gets done today, given the current climate at Paramount, because the Romo deal is what set every other domino in motion in terms of Aikman and Buck and Michaels and Herbstreet and, and, yeah. and Tom Brady, ultimately. Uh, absolutely. It had so many, such deep repercussions. And, and by the way, it's, you know, it's north of $100 million. So we're talking about you know, a significant outlay of money. And if you're a, uh, if you were Viacom or Paramount shareholder, if they did that deal today, I think there'd be pitchforks at the next meeting because it's like, wait a second, hold on. We start with the premise that most studies say there's really not a vast disparity between ratings if there's one person announcing or not. I mean, it's nice to have that patina and that, you know, that level of, uh, you know, of expertise, but I think shareholders would be furious if that was happening now in this client. And you're right. I mean, just think about, um, you know, all the other deals that um, happened as a result of that. Yeah. What do you, what I, I ask everyone who comes on, I haven't asked you yet because you haven't been on since it happened. How do you, th if, you know, when and if he ever retires, how do you think Brady will do in the booth? And as just to note, you know, Fox is not giving Brady all that money just to call games. He's going to, be a Fox spokesperson, basically. But let's just focus on the booth and calling the games. Uh, how do you think it goes for Tom Brady? Well, so let's start with the importance of your question because there are there there are no guarantees, and no one is super smart at. I mean, so what? Your tight end, or, you know, Jason Witten. I mean, Dallas Cowboys tight end, you're telegenic, and you you know all these meetings that you have, and it's going to be great and. Drew Brees, I mean, how dynamic is he and whatever. Uh, you know, it's interesting to go back to Romo. Nobody was saying that when Tony Romo was signed that he was going to be a game changer in terms of what was going on in the booth to the degree that he has been. You know, mm -hmm. so I think that your question alone is a profound one because 
as William Goldman once said about the movies, nobody knows nothing. And so uh, it's very hard to predict. I, I believe Brady is going to be entertaining the booth. I think he's got a wicked, sardonic, wry sense of humor. I think he never shies away from kind of like talking trash or being outspoken. So, you know, one of the things that if you go back to when all this started, like when Billie Jean King started being an analyst for HBO in, in you know, Wimbledon in the 80s, I, you know, it was a hard thing for her to even say anything negative because these women on the court were, you know, her peers or protégés or, you know, just the family club, so to speak, of professional athletes. And it was a learning curve for her, which she's been very outspoken about and very candid about. Um, I don't think that's going to be a problem with Brady. And I think that one of the things that we know about Brady, I mean, that Facebook, I mean, my God, that was incredible. The numbers, uh, people are still very much intrigued by this guy. They, you know, he's a Pied Piper on many different ways in terms of like, fashion and culture and blah, 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 blah. so I have a feeling you know look he may have a learning curve but I, I have a feeling the Fox News is going to be pretty good with him yeah I agree last thing on sports and we'll turn to Tony Sirico and the Emmys um, do you think at some point live golf will end up with a US TV deal Yeah, I know. It's 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 weird, right? Um, because I, I thought, by the way, I thought Tiger was terrific in terms of at least being honest. Yeah. I mean, he could have he could have hedged and hawed and whatever, and he came out and And he's got up. he's got weight there because God only knows what they offered him. I, I, mean, I mean they probably offered him a billion dollars. Enough to make you a Bolshevik. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, no, he yeah. turned it down. Now some people would say, well, he turned it down because he doesn't need it. But the truth is that there's plenty of people who go for big deals and there are plenty of golfers who are going for those, right. that big, you know, live money, even though they may not technically need it. Uh, I'm not sure how this sorts out because the other thing is, I'm not sure what the PGA strategy is like to combat it. You well, know, but the, P- the PGA has deals with ESPN, with CBS, with NBC. So I can't see those networks getting in bed with live. So I don't know no, what I'm just does. talking about dealing with this entity and right. the viability of it and its right. you know future over the next couple of years. I mean, what is there? Are they going for a scorched earth thing? Are they going to try and you know bring it crashing to earth, to earth, or are they going to just try and coexist? It's a it's a difficult question. There's not a lot of easy answers, but I I can't imagine somebody who's got tournaments now as you know paying for tournaments now with the pga spending money uh, on that and right. remember there's also the geopolitical baggage um that comes with it that a lot right. of corporations are not gonna you know the corporations that own these companies are you know may not want to be um dealing with yeah that that's my point of it at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Um, all right, let's turn to a couple of non-sports things. Your your last book was the excellent book, Tinderbox, on HBO. You went in-depth on The Sopranos in that book. And obviously, we just had the passing of Tony Sirico over the weekend. Um, just, you know, you can make the argument that after James Gandolfini and Edie Falco, he's right there. You know, you want to say... Uncle Junior character, the Paulie character, the Chrissy. I, you, if someone said he was the third most important character, I, I don't think you could argue it. Um, and what you know, not an actor, you know, by trade. What just and then he goes into this role, into this show. What an amazing, amazing performance throughout those seasons as well. Such a gift, such a gift, and such a wonderful presence. And if you talk to people who have been part of the show either in front of the camera or behind the camera. I mean, they all, they all loved him. I mean, he, it's so funny because he does have this storied past and uh, Sopranos wasn't his first, he was in a bunch of Woody Allen movies, of course, right. and Goodfellas and everything else. But early on at, uh, during the Sopranos, I think it may have been even like the first couple episodes, um, Jeff Bucus, who was then president of HBO, went to a party and Tony was there. And I think maybe Tim Gandolfini and a couple of people. And Bucus said, you know, we love this show so much. You, we, you know, we want to do it and we want to do it until you guys say they don't want to do it. And, you know, everybody was like smiling and everything else. And then Tony Sirico looks at Bucus and points a finger at his face and goes, just remember you said that that's a serious thing. You can't go back on that, man. You, you, we heard that now you, you were holding it. Like it, it is that it was that the kind of stuff that, I mean, he took those things to heart. And I remember there was a situation where the script called for Tony's character to kill this woman. And he was like, no, 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 I, I can't kill a woman. Like my people in my neighborhood. And it just, that's just not, and David said, you got to do it. You got to do it. And he's just like, well, well, I don't want to. He says, we got to do it. And so he wanted to do it. But he said, and David said, well, just strangle her. And he goes, I'm not going to strangle her. I'll suffocate her with a pillow, but I'm not putting my hands on her. 
Like he was so like, there's a code, man. Interesting. There's, there's a code about Tony Zirico that like really, you know, sometimes it blurred so much. I, I, I mean, fans of the Sopranos will know this moment. And if you, you somehow didn't watch the show, first of all, shame on you. But second of all, there's a moment where Jim Gandolfini as Tony Soprano looks Sirico right in the eye and tells him that he thinks pussy's a uh, informant mm-hmm. and he's wired. And I swear to God, if you look, if you look at Tony Sirico's face there, that's, that's like Tony Sirico. That's mm-hmm. not Pauly because it was such a, sh- you know, when he found out about the storyline, that's such a shock to his system. It's such a violation of the code and everything else that it just, bleeds together. I mean, obviously he gave us, you know, from Pine Barrens on, I mean, tons of, you know, wonderful moments. And let's point out also that in those waning weeks of The Sopranos, a lot of people um, got whacked and Polly made it to the end. It is, I always it, think about that. Yeah. Pauly, it, it, I mean, Silvio ended up in the coma. Bobby died and, 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 Paulie was unscathed. Unscathed. And, yeah. you know, I just think that there's something elegant about that. And there must be something in David Chase's mind because obviously he could do whatever he wanted. But, right. I mean, I think he was I, – look, I think number three is a little tough for me because I, I think that, you know, uh, Carmela and and obviously Lorraine's character. And, uh, I, you know what? I forgot about Dr. Dr. Melfi, obviously. Dr. Yeah. Melfi. Yeah, you can't forget about Dr. Mel. I know, I know. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, no, I'm no, just no. kidding. But, my bad. It's my bad. But, by the way, poor Lorraine Bracco, because she knew Tony back, you know, I mean, he was in Goodfellas and uh, she lost Ray, Le- Ray Liotta. Right. And, uh, I right. mean, it has been a horrible year for um, yeah. people like her and, you know, even just fans like us. But um, I do think that he was a singular character and, you can just, I mean, I almost want to put together just a real, like, you know, of Tony walking in and seeing the painting of him, you yeah. know, it bullies out. So, I mean, listen, his, 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 there's a hundred uh, moments. There's a hundred moments. And I just want to, I just want to highlight something you gave us earlier, because really I just wanted one nugget here that we may not have known. And of course you came through and provided it. So it's the episode where he discovers his mother but it, it turns out it wasn't his mother, that whole storyline. But at the time, it was his mother. Her roommate at the senior home keeps money either under the mattress or under the bed. Yeah. And that's when he goes to steal the money. She catches him. And so David Chase wanted him to strangle her. And he instead used the pillow to suffocate her. And you're saying that was all Tony Sirico's change there. That's a good That's a good night. I mean, unless... Uh, I mean, I've had a couple people tell me that. Unless... Yeah. I, I mean... I will apologize in advance if I'm wrong, but I, I heard that from at least two people. And yeah. by the way, the whole mother storyline, whether or not it was his real story or not, Tony Sirico lived with his mom for 16 years, I think, 15, 16, I don't know, whatever, as an adult. And like, that's the kind of stuff that yeah. sometimes David Chase and the great, great, great writers on The Sopranos would mine because yeah. they understand that it's in their skin and it's in their, it's something, you know, the level of verisimilitude is so keen, Jimmy, yeah. that you just take some guy who's gone through that and you put that in, in that situation. And I mean, every, every scene with, with Paulie and his mom, 
you know, uh, that we thought it was his mom. Right. Uh, was, 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 yeah. was unbelievable. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And there was something, there was also a powerful, and then I'll shut up, but there yeah. was also a really powerful duality to Polly Walnuts because on one level, he could be the scariest motherfucker you could ever, you would do. If you cross him, man, even Christopher found that out. You, right. you were going to, you're going to have a miserable time. And, and then the other side, he was incredibly childlike and naive and, and, and so open to like presenting humor yeah. like they did in Pines Bar- Pine Barrens or just this idea. I mean, again, I come back to when Pussy was, you know, Tony had to deal with that. Like he was childlike in the sense of, yeah. oh my God, don't, don't tell me that there's no Santa Claus. Don't tell but, me Pussy's wearing But also, also wanted to be sophisticated. Uh, one of the most underrated little nuggets about the pine barrens i mean listen you hear, if you're if anyone who's watched sopranos you hear pine barrens and you know everything that you know two assholes stuck in the woods and eat it and they eat it with the relish and all. but what i love about that episode that gets forgotten the episode opens and starts with tony calling paulie to collect the money from the russian because silvio's sick and where is paulie and what is he doing when tony calls he's in a nail salon getting a manicure it's the best it's so great. It's, it's so just, great. It's just, it's just the best. Yeah. Um, by the way, the nail salon, <laughs> when Tony, when Jim, Jim Gansalpini went missing one time, um, they did find him at a Brooklyn nail salon. I'm not saying he was getting a manicure, right. but <laughs> right here in nail salon and the, and the Sopranos, I always, I always, uh, I, I always think about that. One last thing about Pine Barrens. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it was delayed. Um, and during the delay, I mean, Steve Buscemi wound up directing it. Uh, and of course, Terrence Winter wrote it, but it, during that delay, it snowed. Right, right, right. And so you just think about like how much snow was important to that episode, how much it meant to us, how much they played around with it, how filmic it became. And it's just like one of those things where it's like, I mean, The Sopranos just keeps on getting better and better and better, even when it's not by design. Yep, absolutely. Um, let's switch to another HBO show. Curb got nominated for Best com- most or Outstanding Comedy with the Emmy nominations that In came out on Tuesday. It's amazing. In 2022. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, and, you know, I mean, look, Larry's going to do another season. And I think that... Um, you know, I always, uh, you know, like if I'm giving a talk or something and during Q&A, people say, why is he still doing it? Last season wasn't as good as the, well, first of all, you can't, I mean, some of these curb seasons are just so off the wall, terrific and amazing and now legendary that you can't compare it. But right. I think that, you know, the fact that they got nominated shows that at least within the Academy, I, I mean, what, I think that, you know, Curb still brings it in part because Larry's still there. They've been able to keep Susie there. They've been, it's like, um, the, the problem know. is people compare Curb to Curb. If you compare it to anything else on TV, it's vastly superior. So just enjoy whatever episodes you get at this point. Do you, as, can you compare it? How can you compare it to like the baby's doll or Palestinian chicken or, <laughs> you know, whatever right, it's like, right. not ever, I mean, you could do that with any show there is, right. you know, and I, I still, I just think that every day, you know, Larry does something on that show that is just 
you know, hilarious and you won't see any place else. I, it's interesting to see though, that Jeff Schaefer has bought into a longer episode time. I mean, HBO is never going to tell them what to do, you know, right. but you got like 33, 34, 35 minute shows. And sometimes people think, oh, it's too long or whatever. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's never yeah. going to be a time when Curb's on and I'm not going to want to watch it. hundred percent. Same way with me. And I don't care. The episodes can be. Yeah, I noticed some of those are getting 35, 40 minutes. Like you said, it was great. Do, has production started yet on the next season or not yet? I don't believe so. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, at least I, I have give, heard. Give me. Now, the Emmy nominations came out, um, you know, to me, unless you watch a vast amount of shows, it's hard for you to come in and swoop in and say, this should have been nominated, this should be, you know, so I don't want to act like I know what I'm talking about. The only thing I would say, just to keep it on a sports level, I know Winning Time was very controversial, but John Riley, John C. Riley, was excellent in there. I thought maybe he would have gotten a nomination. He did not. Do you want to just point out any snubs before we wrap it up? That no, I guess to the Will Ferrell's of enjoying that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, look, I, I think that when you when you go over, by the way, some of the categories have seven or eight now nominees, yeah. right? They changed that. Yeah. Before it used to be, you know, hard five. So I think that when you go through the list of nominations, you start to realize, you know, oh my gosh, I mean, look at how many actors from Succession got nominated. Look how many, um, I think you start to realize that there's a lot of great stuff out there. Um, I do think, you know, just because I just finished this HBO book, um, I think HBO got like 140 or something ridiculous nominations. And I think that at least David Zaslav can take a deep breath. I mean, he's got huge financial problems at the company, but he can take a deep breath knowing that, you know, Casey Silver and his team uh, are still protecting the HBO brand in terms of quality. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they got a lot to be, they got a lot to be proud of. I, I, I'm, you know, obviously there are a lot of nominations from all different places, but while I have my HBO hat on for a second, uh, you know, I think that was, I think that's a really important thing given what's going on with the streaming wars. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wish they did the nominations a little different. Like I don't like SNL people being in there with people from sitcoms for best, you know, lead actor support. Like, I don't understand that, but. I guess yeah, it's a you know. it's it's complicated and they've made a lot of rule changes and also they're trying to like streamline the telecast and stuff. So you don't know, you know, you don't right. really right. know, but um you know, there's a lot of tight categories for people who care about this stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, I mean, that's the thing. It looks like they get the right nominees, but then there's always people still snubbed. It's like there's just not enough. Because and there's so much also, so much content, there's so many shows when you know when you throw in the streaming and Crazy. But you also realize that there's cannibalization then that happens in these categories. Right. You know, when I did my uh, 20th anniversary of Almost Famous, I, you know, I was reminded, I reminded Kate Hudson that when she was nominated, Frances McDormand was also nominated for the movie for best support. And, you know, I think that in, in all honesty, they probably, you know, kind of cancel each other out, but uh, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think that helped Kate's chances right, uh, right. or Francis's chances for that. And you look at Succession now. I mean, Succession could wind up not winning in a couple of these acting categories because the competition is fierce between, you know, the show's stars. So right. um, you got to look at that, too. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, if you have not checked. 
if you have not checked out Tinderbox, the book on HBO, I highly recommend it. It was it was really excellent. Everyone we talk, I talked to who's read it, loved it. So the book is Tinderbox. Uh, Jim's got the Origins podcast. He's got the rankings of the Succession episodes, and I still I love the HBO. I think my favorite thing you'll ever do is the SNL book. That's still my favorite thing. Well, thank you. We're coming up on uh, fifty years. Pretty crazy. Soon. Oh my God, that's crazy! Yeah. Well, Lauren yeah, did SNL start seventy what? Seventy five, and Lauren is Lauren is still there, and um, holy cow, fifty years so, coming up! Yeah, so it's um, it's. it's Will you be, do anything with the book for the fiftieth anniversary? Yeah, uh, I okay. think um, did it for the fortieth. There was a fortieth yeah. anniversary edition, and uh, of course, you know, um, it's all got to do it for fifty. But, um, yeah. I would love to. Let's face it past 10 years of SNL. I mean, Pete Davidson alone could have his own chapter. Um, talk about surprise departures. He's enjoying his life right now. That's for sure. I just saw the, uh, they just released the trailer yesterday for the next season of the Kardashians. And the trailer ends with Kim asking Pete to join her in the shower. So I think he's doing fine without SNL right now. Yeah, it's the Lord's work. He's, he's suffering through it. <laughs> exactly. All right, Jim. Appreciate you coming on. Be well, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Great as to always. See you. Thank, thanks right. so much. Take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. All right, joining me now, as he does every week for this segment, we call it Train of Thoughts. I bring in my buddy from WFAN Radio and SNY TV in New York, Sal Licata. Sal, how are you? Good. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. summer. How are you? How are you? <laughs> you know, I, I, I was until today when it was about 98 degrees, and I don't have a pool to go to. It's a big problem. Um, <laughs> did I tell you the whole story how I can't go to the pool that I've gone to for the last, like, 
you, you just mentioned that you weren't allowed at the pool. You never gave me the details of how you're not allowed uh, in. Yeah, I'll tell you the story. It, it has nothing to do with me. It's just it's a, whatever. It's, it's a big problem. So the pool that I am supposed to belong to, it's not open because their, quote, chlorine pump is broken. So it's what? a big debacle. Yeah, it's a big debacle. For the summer? Like, they can't get that well, no, they think day? They, well, this was July 3rd or 4th when I went there. To, that weekend is when I tried to sign up. And then I called them today. And they said it's still broken. And, like, we hope to have it fixed in a couple of weeks. Well, the song will be over. Who's running stuff over there? Direct yeah, TV? It's, it's a mean? big, exactly. It's a big, big problem. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'll tell you the full story uh, okay. when I talk to you. Um we have some good topics. I want to read some reviews because it's been a while since we did that. Let me start with this because I've seen five of the seven episodes of the Derek Jeter ESPN docuseries. And I want to warn you now as a friend, you might want to skip it. No, I got to watch it. I'm going to dive on. You are going to be livid. Worse You're than the Jordan versus the Knicks stuff? I'll just say this. When they get to the 2000 World Series portion. Yeah, that would be tough. You're going to be mad. And it's not because of the fact that the Yankees beat. The, there is. I'll, I'll give this spoiler. I'll give a spoiler here. I'll with the appetite. I mean, he just completely dismisses the Mets. Like as a. Disrespectful. Just, oh, you're going to be livid. You're going to be livid. Just, oh, like people. When I tweeted <laughs> when I tweeted that I've seen the episodes, I had a lot of people saying like, would Red Sox fans enjoy it should red for Sox fans because they do cover oh four um the met fan is going to be way more pissed off than the red Sox fan let me just, just because he's disrespectful toward him it's just there is a complete dismissal of like you know did i like, ever tell you i probably told you the story i legitimately to his face one time outside of shea stadium the it was subway series regular season yankees getting off their team bus and I, to his face, said, "You wish, you wish, you could feel like Ray Ordonez." And he get and Louis Soho was like, they, they were telling me to shut up. David Cohn gave me the finger, and Jeter just like kind of laughed it off, like this friggin' idiot. Yeah, okay, I wish I could feel like Ray Ordonez. I was like, you you know, you're all right, but you wish you could feel like Ray. I remember his face to this day. So, I mean, so let's be clear: this happened before you were a professional in the business. <laughs> yeah, this you're was not probably a- this was ninety eight, I would guess. Yeah. Is so you were, you you were not a WFAN radio host when you behaved Correct. this way. Okay. <laughs> All right. No. See, no. At, so ninety eight. So they had, they won ninety six. So he had only had one World Series by then. So he couldn't come back and say, "I think I'm doing a little better than Ray Adonis at that point." Well, I mean, they were the best team in the league in ninety. The only yeah. reason why I guess ninety eight is because ninety seven was the first one that was in Yankee Stadium. Remember, they used to play one series a year in each venue right. so they would switch you know city uh yankee was first then it was back to shea stadium so i think it was 1998 that i said i remember his face what an idiot i am not only that, i used to call fan and say oh donia is going to be better than jeter but at that moment when i looked him the captain in the eyes and said you wish you could feel like ordonia's he would have the typical response you would imagine like laughing me off yeah. like i'm some clown and he was right oh. Great take. You'll be very upset when you see. <laughs> I, mean, I just want to say for people, because the question I kept getting on Twitter when I mentioned that I had seen five of the seven shows was, you know, do, you're not going to learn anything. He doesn't say anything, et cetera, et cetera. You, he says a lot. Um, I wouldn't compare this to The Last Dance from the standpoint of The Last Dance had so much footage and video that we had never seen before because it was Jordan's 
video. This doesn't have video that we've never seen before, but it has Jeter talking where, you know, he gets into the deterioration of his relationship with A-Rod and, and why that went south. Um, the the There was an incident with a drop pop-up with him and A-Rod. He covers that. The thing with David Wells when Jeter got mad at David Wells showing them up. Um the gift baskets that people seem to be obsessed with. So he he covers, I mean, everything is pretty much covered and he talks about it. Now, you may not like what he has to say and it's, I can't wait. you know, I can't from wait his perspective, but you will learn things. There's no yeah. doubt about it. There's been a lot of coverage of it the last couple of days. So, um, yeah, it's it's debuts Monday, July 18th after Home Run Derby is episode one. And what are they doing? Episode. Releasing one per week? Yeah. O- over seven weeks? Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to see now the last two. You've seen the first five. Do you have access to the last two? I I do. They only sent me the first five. I I sent an email a couple hours ago asking if the last two are available. So I'll see what and happens. You could have to wait seven weeks to finish the it? last two. The last two episodes will be are going to be retirement and post retirement and the Marlins and getting married and having kids. The first five cover his, you know, go up to when he's done with the Yankees pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um. I don't want to keep going on New York themes here because I know people get annoyed, but I do have to ask you as a New York radio host, did you, have you gotten calls about Zach Wilson on WFAN? None. I mentioned it once this morning, last night slash this morning. Right. I, now I don't care about who he's sleeping with or not. To me, it's about right. what he does on the field, but I have not. Uh, I, I personally, I'm sure that they did on the station. Me personally, right. no. I see. I, to me, I am fascinated by this story from the social media angle of it. And as we always talk about why certain people, like why don't people just stop with the social media like you? I don't care who he, who he's sleeping with either, but the fact this all came from his ex-girlfriend leaving a comment on an Instagram post. That's how this whole thing got started. Then of course she deletes her whole entire Instagram page why? Because he went after her, or I don't, like I don't no. Know I guess pe- other people. So this the way this this is the alleged story. Her and Zach Wilson break up. She starts dating one of his close friends. Right. Someone on Instagram, I guess the the ex Zach Wilson friend who's now dating the ex girlfriend posted a picture of them together, and someone commented about you know this is shady and breaking bro code whatever mm-hmm. and she left the comment well he slept with his mom's best friend he's the one who caused the trouble how do you not know this so yeah. that's how the ball got rolling so then so it's the ex-girlfriend who outed this story that her claim is that zach wilson slept with the mom's best friend and then zach wilson is like dming a guy at barstool who had made a video about it Asking him and begging him to like take it down. So oh, to me, that God. means it. So I take that as meaning it's real and she was telling the truth. But again, who cares? But to me, I'm fascinated by the girlfriend leaves the comment on Instagram and that causes this explosion. Now he's DMing someone from Barstool asking them to not post about it on their website. Barstool's making T-shirts already, which it was funny. It was throwing bombs and banging moms was the, was the <laughs> oh shirt, which is funny. And yeah, then <laughs> he was begging the Barstool guy to take the story down. But then it turned out where like he ended up getting all this praise, like his teammates, Mackay Becton and I think Terrell, like all of them were like praising him. And there's, you know, it's For a fast with his mom's friend. Yeah, they said, oh, God, I mean, he's got some, he's got some dog in him is what everyone is saying. Yeah, I mean, 
come on. This is, and this is why you say, how could I not know this? Because I don't, I could curse on you, right? Yes. I don't give a shit about it. I care what he does on the friggin' football field. That's my job. Well, I don't give a shit. If I want to watch it, I watch the shows with my wife and all this drama, Real Housewives and all that crap. I don't care. Oh, he's got some dog in him. Make a fucking 15 yard throw if you can. Jeez. Well, this is New York. We have something called the New York Post, page six. Right. The, like, this is going to, this is not going to go away until he speaks. You know, he, he he's not going to openly speak about it, but he will get asked about it eventually. Do I, like, I don't think this has anything to do with him on the field. This is like, you right. said, it has nothing to do. And, but, but I almost feel bad for him because this started with his mother because people find her attractive on draft night becoming a social media store or an internet celebrity. Like, what the hell is going on here? If and you, then she's into it, which is where he's paying her off. Think about that. Mom, I'll give you money so you delete your Instagram account. Like, what? What are we well, doing here? How about the mother just getting off Instagram to help out her son. I, I mean, know, but and that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like she's in the wrong too, because he's begging her to a point where she's going to pay her. And well, she, she do it. if you like, you brought up like people being into Zach Wilson's mom, cause she's attractive. If you listen to her speak, you won't be into her. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. And I know this is a totally different story, but like just on a, you and I being friends level, how the hell do you get to a point where you sleep with your mom's friend? I don't like think we is, need. I don't think we can get into that aspect that of this story. Of, like what? what well, let's. Be, well, because listen, the guy's a quarterback in the NFL, making all this money. Still, doesn't that say something about this, the situation? My God, that is just like. I anyway. here's what you need to know about the mother. The mother went on Instagram and said something like, "Satan has gotten a hold of social media or something." So. <laughs> <laughs> be careful thinking the mother is something special at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bed 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help Call 1-800-GAMBLER. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect, flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you, something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count with at&t in-car wi-fi Elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. All right. Um... 
I want to read some Apple reviews that have come in, but we got to talk about Tony Sirico. I talked about it with Jim Miller earlier, but we texted about it. I mean, he was so important to that show. And you said you were going to start rewatching it. Did you start rewatching it again? I did. Yeah, I got through the first so far just one episode, but it was glorious. My wife. This is what I, I just want people to know. This is what I love about Sal. I like that you do like Tony Sirico dies. You're like, I'm going to rewatch The Sopranos. I like that it's, you have that mentality. Well, you by the way, you broke the news to me. This is like a, a thing with oh, us. Yeah. You, you yeah, yeah uh, Whitney Houston dead. Uh, you know, <laughs> Michael Jackson dead. Whatever. And now same thing. Tony Sirico and you just dropped it in there casually. I had no idea. I was at a wedding, so I didn't know. But yeah. it was on my list of like to do. Eventually, I want to rewatch The Sopranos again. Right. And after that, I went immediately and watched the first episode. And I'll tell you, it's even better. The, the longer you go without watching it, it gets even better. Just the first episode alone, the acting and story, phenomenal. Do you have an all-time favorite uh, Paulie Walnuts scene, storyline, episode, anything you want to mention? Oh, God, there are so many. Yeah, maybe when he runs over to the pool table, whoa, Chrissy, the Shoya Dell, you know, little things like that. <laughs> right. He goes, right, right. And obviously, there are plenty of episodes, but obviously, you know. everyone talks about Pine Barrens, which is legendary. Yeah. I had tweeted a clip where he, he he explains to Silvio about washing his hands and the men's room is filthy and the women's room. Laces, yeah. yeah. And then we have the clip we're going to play it now shelby's going to play for us i'm not even going to tell you what it's from i'm just going to let shelby play the clip and everyone will know right away for what it's from and it's an all-time paulie moment shelby play the clip paul you want to read your statement i don't write nothing down so i'll keep this short and sweet you're weak you're out of control and you become an embarrassment <laughs> to yourself and everybody else oh listen guys, to you guys whoa whoa whoa, whoa. we said Non-judgmental. Fuck that. Let him take his medicine. Seriously, Paul, you want to talk about fucking up? Watch it, Chrissy. The way he <laughs> says Chrissy, he did it in the Pine Barrens. He just had that way of saying Chrissy that was so good. And he oh, was, and that's obviously from the famous Christopher's Intervention, which ends with Paulie beating the shit out of Christopher uh, at the end. That isn't, that, you got to put that as like one of his top, I don't know, three, five moments on the show. I think he he is. Oh, God. Fantastic. You're right. His relationship with Christopher, the episode where they go to Italy. Uh, I like Paulie there a lot. Uh, yeah. look, he's great. I mean, he's great. We uh, could reference a million episodes, but no absolutely. doubt one of my favorite characters. All right. Let me read some reviews that listeners have left. If you're listening to this now, leave a review on Apple. I'll read it on the podcast. We'll address it and we'll go through some here now. All right. This is Frank in Chicago, Illinois. This podcast is five stars. Thank you, Frank. This podcast is appointment listening for me. The guests are outstanding, and I find the world of sports media to be fascinating. This is a five-star podcast, and I believe my rating should carry some extra weight as I am one who finds Jimmy's politics to be disgusting and cringeworthy. Despite that, I have to give the show five stars and would recommend it to anyone. P.S. I do hate the wrestling segments, but every commenter says that. Well, listen, in this day and age where we're so divided, I think it's very big of Frank that he would leave this nice review when he hates my politics. I would say that I do find it funny that people think they know my quote unquote politics just because I hate Donald Trump. Like, I hate Donald Trump, but that doesn't mean you know anything about my politics. But whatever. That's fine. I have no issue with that. I like that review. That's a fair, honest review. Yeah. This one we've read already. I think this guy left it twice. There was a good one here. Love Erin Andrews because she was on. This is David and East with Love Erin Andrews. Always love listening to Ryan Rosillo talk hoops. He's awesome. Fantastic. Pot as always. Five stars. Good one. Okay. Chris. This is Chris KY91. 
good lord good lord man like just shut up and let the guest talk for more than a few seconds there's no need to interrupt to interject a needless detail every other sentence the constant herky-jerky natured interviews are unbearable if you're going to interrupt at least have something interesting or informative and say it in an efficient manner none of the questions are very insightful or probing none of the interviews have any chemistry and are awkward one star i don't think chris will be back <laughs> i do the haters listen even more. He'll be back. I don't know. Chris is not happy. Now the I, one star review you could have done without, like yeah, if, like could right. you could you leave, leave three and then just rip me a new asshole if you can, right. like right. Nasty comment you, is one thing, but but the funny thing is, I think I've gotten better about interrupting people. I will, but here's the thing: I have to interrupt. I don't look at it as interrupting. I look at it as interjecting to follow up. At but Chris you're doesn't you're like Italian. It. That's how yeah. you do it. You you talk. You got to get in the conversation. All right. This one here is, I think this is the last one. Um, yeah, there's the last one here from Mayor of Pominville. Five stars, thank God. Offsets Chris. This is a great podcast. Listen to if you're a nerd like myself when it comes to sports media. If it is talent leaving networks for another or a new streaming deal, I want all the information and I can get on it. And Jimmy does a great job with the interviews. When it comes to comedy, do us, do us comedy fans a favor and stop talking about stand-up. We get it. You have no sense of humor. Here's an actual quote from Jimmy on the Scott Van Pelt episode on the Ricky Gervais special. Quote, Netflix has stood by them, Gervais and Chappelle. They say it's jokes, etc. Yeah, they are jokes told by a comedian on a stage in front of cameras for a one-hour special. Ricky Gervais makes millions to tell jokes. That means no topic is off limits. Please stop talking about comedy. Train of Thought segment is also pretty good. I enjoy Sal's commentary because he is a Wish.com version of Chris Russo with his accent and opinion about how things are better back in the day, like his opinions on how many streaming services we need to watch baseball. Keep up the good work and stop talking about comedy now i think you would take the chris russo thing as a as a compliment he's comparing yes, you to I, dog what does wish.com mean like you're not the real version you're like you i wish, wish to i was be, him yeah 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 yeah, right. yeah yeah now the thing about the comedy i to be honest with i you, wish i had I don't, his bank account i'll tell you that <laughs> Just, uh, i don't understand what that comment means like i don't understand what the problem is with like i made the statement that netflix Made, all I did was state a fact. Netflix made comments publicly that they're going to stand by Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais in what they said during their specials. So I don't know what this guy's comment is. Like, I'm not opining on the comments. I'm saying that's what Netflix did. So I don't well, understand. You, were, you, you ripped, was, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, you were just saying how it's not funny anymore and they need to do new topics and you were comparing it to Bill Cosby, or not Bill Cosby, oh, or right, right. Murphy, Raw, right. whatever. Yeah, right. Maybe that's what he was talking about. Maybe he says I have no sense of humor, but my only complaint was that I don't like I'd like the comedy specials to mix in some sort of life minutia right. more than just go on about serious topics. Right. But um, if he wants to leave another five star review and clear up, you know, what what he meant, I would love to know more because I don't know what it means. I would so, assume it was that that you were crapping on all the current guys who do or acts who do it because they're yeah. talking about the politics and whatever, you know, the the. And I don't have it. And I don't. I don't have an issue with it. I have an issue with it when it's the entire special. That's that was my right. only point. But maybe I shouldn't talk about comedy, like he said. I don't <laughs> know. Um, all right, Sal. Appreciate you. All I know right. you're. I know you have a big week with the Mets playing the Braves. And I'm I'm on vacation next week, so don't miss me too much. Sal's going to Sesame Street, so we'll have some good stories. Sesame, yeah, Sesame. Place. Sesame oh, Place. Yeah. Have, we'll have, have you some been good, to Sesame Place? Are you out of your mind? 
I already got my. Uh, well, you have two nieces. I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't. I, whenever the trips came up, Sesame Place, Hershey, all that, I that was where I drew the line. I bought. I already bought my Oscar the Grouch shirt that I will be wearing when we. How fitting! <laughs> How fitting! Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god! All right. Well, we look forward to your stories about being all tortured right. in Sesame Place. Have a good week. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Al. All right. My thanks to Jim Miller and Sal Akata for coming on the pod this week. If you missed any recent episodes, go into the archives and check them out. Brian Windhorst from ESPN was on last week. Aaron Andrews from Fox Sports two weeks ago. Scott Van Pelt was on the pod three weeks ago. Give them a listen, subscribe, rate, and review. And as you just heard in the Train Thought segment, we'll read the reviews right here on the pod. All right. That wraps it up for this week. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Stay safe and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.